You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Tim Moser. Coming back at you live here from the Fargo station on Real Presence Live. I'd like to thank Father Michael Gary, last half hour, for being with us. Talking about St. Mother Teresa and how she evangelizes. And uh, what a great story. I mean, again, you know the name Mother Teresa. If you want to dig in deeper, it, it's, it really is an amazing story. I actually was able to teach about Mother Teresa in one of my classes at Concordia. We talked about servant leadership. And, of course, we used her as, as a great example of servant leadership. The basic idea is we lead by serving. I mean, it, and, of course, what does Christ say? I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. The one word, if you want to think about a phrase that we're going to talk about this next half hour, it's, this is my body given up for you. St. John Paul II, another great servant leader, just amazing. I was talking to, um, I've got some friends who are in a group called Lutherans for Life, and uh, great people. As a matter of fact, they just had a conference this last weekend out in West Fargo. One of the connections that uh, again, we share much in common with them, and we certainly appreciate our friends from all denominations and from no faith background who support the idea of the sanctity of human life. Uh, that's great. And again, that's, it's just a, it's within our nature. We should know that just by nature, but it's been clouded, and we'll talk about that a little bit by what's called the contraceptive mentality. But I was talking with them, and the idea that abortion and contraception are related for many people, many Catholics, just, just doesn't seem to make sense, doesn't seem to fit. And so what I want to talk about today, I'm going to talk about a lot about John Paul II, a lot about the Catholic teaching, but also, also the courts and also just society in general, and to see how these are related. But this is my body given up for you. Number one thing about John Paul II, he always made sure we understood that we are body-soul unity. You cannot separate the body from our soul. Well, look what abortion does, or any kind of killing, right? It says that this is just a blob of tissue. This is just a body, but there's no spirit associated with it. When you separate those two, we have a big problem. He had to make sure that we did this. So John Paul was always big, and this is my thrust. Last time I talked about the contraception connection, I talked about three things. The nature of the human person, body-soul unity, made by love for love. Second, the nature of the human acts based on natural law. If we understand who we are, then we should know how we should act. But if we don't understand who we are, we're not going to act appropriately. If, if a referee in a basketball game doesn't understand that he's supposed to, he or she, is supposed to, you know, call infractions within certain limits, right? Then the, it's not going to be a game. It's, it's, it's going to be a bloodbath. There's going to be chaos out there. We have to understand who we are and what our responsibilities are in order to be able to act in a certain way. And then the third thing was freedom and truth. There is no real freedom without living in truth. It's, it's, it's just, that's the way it is. And so it's very, very important that we understand that. Well, so let's get back to how abortion and this are related. John Paul II, St. John Paul II, what a guy. Evangelium Vitae. I want to talk to you a little bit about, about that. Number 13 has, has a great, great thing. It talk, talks about this. talks about the connection between 
abortion and contraception and this contraceptive mentality. And he's very, very explicit about what he says. He talks about how the, the world thinks that widespread acceptance of contraception is going to help. It's going to help reduce the number of abortions. Now, intuitively, you might think, oh, that, maybe that kind of makes sense. All right? But here's what John Paul II has to say about that. He says, It's frequently asserted that contraception, if made safe and available to all, is the most effective remedy against abortion. And he goes on to talk about how the Catholic Church is, you know, accused of promoting abortion since we're against contraception. By the way, contraception against the beginning, right? It's, it, it, it's something that is really kind of scary when we look at that. But he says, when looked at carefully, this objection is unfounded. He says many people may use contraception with the idea of, you know, not using abortion. But, here's the key, the negative values inherent in the contraceptive mentality. Notice, these values are inherent in the contraceptive mentality. You see, we cannot separate this contraceptive mentality from the contraception itself. What does it say? It says that I will, under my own volition, frustrate this marital act and render it incapable of life. So what happens if we all of a sudden have life? He goes on to say, Indeed, pro-abortion culture is especially strong precisely where the church's teaching on contraception is rejected. Those negative values in the contraceptive mentality, all right, strengthen the temptation when unwanted life is conceived. Let's think about that just a minute now. Okay. Why? Because, notice the contraceptive mentality. What are the values? I am in control. I am giving myself to you. This is my body. Not really given up for you, but I want to use you in a certain way so we can both have the pleasure, but we don't want to have the life right now. And you see, that sits in our mind and says, well... Since I can control the meaning of the sexual act, and that's what it comes down to. I talked about that last week. Contraception basically means that we want to control the meaning of the sexual act. Remember, I talked last, last time, it wasn't last week, I guess, whenever I was here. Do we discern and discover the truth, or, we, or do we define the truth? And this is the key. Do we discover and discern the truth, or define and declare the truth? People who understand their nature and understand what the sexual act means, they discover and discern, oh, this is what it means to be human. This is what it means, that the, the marital act, and here's how we act. Those who want to define it, all right, have problems. Heck, look at the catechism all the way back to Adam and Eve. What does it say? It says, man and woman, Adam and Eve, abusing their freedom, chose to disobey God. You see, we have the freedom. And John Paul II was amazing at just saying, you decide. He would talk about, talk about, you know, discuss. And then in the end, he would say, you decide. He believed in conscience. However, he also believed that there were strict, objective, moral norms that had to be followed if we were going to truly be free. And that's the key. What, what, what does it mean? Well, think about anything. When are we free? We're free when we're living in accord with our nature. I am free when I'm cutting a steak if I'm using a knife, not a spoon. <laughs> Got a look from Eli there, yeah. I, I, I'm free if I'm a train when I'm running on the tracks. 
I mean, it, it's, it's simple. We, we know these things, and we take them for granted. But if we don't understand the meaning of the human person, we're not going to be free. And so, John Paul II, the idea of the contraceptive mentality strengthens the temptation to abort when unwanted life is conceived. Notice that word unwanted. I mean, shouldn't life always be wanted? Yes. And when couples practice NFP, natural family planning, abstaining from the sexual act during the fertile time for just reasons, they put their trust in God. Now, I want to show you how that worked its way into um, not just the church, but into society as a whole. This is 1992, the Supreme Court case, Planned Parenthood versus Casey. In There's about a series of eight or nine court cases that in future shows I'm going to go through explicitly and give you quotes and talk to you about them. All right? This is one, 1992, and it's reflecting back on Roe versus Wade. And this is what Planned Parenthood versus Casey said. It reaffirmed Roe, and it says this. In some critical aspects, abortion is of the same character as the decision to use contraception. Let's just reflect on that for a second. In some critical aspects, abortion is the same as using contraception. Go back to the contraceptive mentality. Do you see what I mean? What are they both saying? I control the meaning of the sexual act. I control the meaning of life. See, it's, it's, it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. It's easy to go from here to there. That's the key. Now, let me finish this quote and then we're going to talk about how method matters. So for two decades of economic and social development, going back to Casey, meaning it's been 20 years since we decided Roe, 1973-1992. People have made choices that define their view of themselves and their places in society in the reliance on the availability of abortion in the event that their contraception should fail. Okay. So we saying, basically, this is the United States Supreme Court, that we need abortion since we accept their contraception. See, this contraceptive mentality clearly got in to the courts. Probably one of the biggest places it came in, I'll just quickly sketch for you, 1965 Griswold versus Connecticut, we got the right to privacy. Right to privacy was cited in Roe versus Wade in 1973, and now Casey reaffirms Roe and says abortion in many respects is the same as the, as the decision to contracept. And of course, the contraceptive mentality had just gone wild in the world, and so most of the culture accepted the contraception as a good. So that's very, very key that we get, ah, makes sense, that contraceptive mentality. Casey also goes on to say that the people if the right to freedom means anything, is to define their meaning and place in society and the meaning of human life. Notice, it's not discern, it's not discover, it's define. So now, not only are we defining what the sexual act means, defining when life begins, who should live and who shouldn't, now I'm defining the meaning of my own life. This is what the contraceptive mentality does. Okay? As Pope John Paul II said, there's two big things that happen with the contraceptive mentality. Number one is subjectivity. The idea that we're only as good as what we can do, what we can accomplish, how we can work. In other words, we're looked at for what we are, 
or what we can do, excuse me, not who we are. And that's very, very dangerous. That's utilitarianism, right? I mean, it's the idea of what good can you do? I, I read a book almost every night to my son, Romeo, and it's called Put Me in the Zoo. And this creature, looks like a big cat, wants to be in the zoo. And he says, I should be in the zoo. And they put him outside the zoo, the, the, the owners, the, the, the zookeepers. And then these two kids say, what good are you? What can you do? And that always strikes me. What good are you? What can you do? So even in children's books, I know it's somewhat innocent, but at the same time, it reflects a deep truth. Our goodness, our worthiness is based on what we can do, not who we are. And that, of course, is a very, very dangerous place to be. All right? John Paul II goes on to say in Evangelium Vitae 13 that even though abortion and contraception are different evils, they're fruits from the same tree. They're closely connected. Closely connected. So this idea of subjectivity, all right? And then the second thing of freedom. Freedom, okay, is not the ability to do whatever we want, but the ability to do what we ought. And he goes on to say that freedom leads to the destruction of others, negates and destroys itself when it no longer recognizes an essential link with the truth. When freedom shuts out even the most obvious evidence of an objective and universal truth. So this is the key. I'll sum it up and take a short break in a minute here. Let me sum this up. The contraceptive mentality, what is it? It's the idea that I define and determine the meaning of the sexual act, the meaning of the fruit of the sexual act, and we'll see as it goes on in further court cases, the meaning of marriage, even the meaning of gender now. Look at the case that was just decided, Bostock, just decided this summer. Again, I'll tie all this together in future, in future shows, but basically what the contraceptive mentality leads to is the idea that I define and determine the truth of the human person, of the sexual act, of abortion, of marriage, of gender, of all these things. Instead of looking back to what's naturally happening in nature, clearly we're made male and female, that's an objective truth that somehow is being discarded in this day and age. When we come back after the break, more on the connections between contraception and abortion. And you're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. In today's crowded higher education field, there's one university whose quality and personal care stands out from the crowd, the University of Mary. The University of Mary offers truly affordable, flexible adult education because your success is our priority. Here, you matter, and we're with you every step of the way to make sure you succeed. Choose a university community that cares about you as a student for life. Discover us at online.umary.edu slash discovermary. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. 
Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Tim Moser. We're talking right now about the connections, contraception connection. How is it connected to abortion? And the key, key element is the contraceptive mentality, what it does. And it is connected in three ways. It's connected in practice because some uh, contraceptives are abortifacients. It's, cre- it's uh, connected in reason. Many people give the same reasons for contraception that they do for abortion. It's also connected in law and our courts. Because as I just told you in Planned Parenthood versus Casey, we basically said that we need to have abortion since we've accepted contraception. Everyone accepts contraception. Well, <laughs> it's, culture certainly accepts contraception. So it's linked in those three ways. It's, it's deeply ingrained in our culture. And, of course, many of you know, if you're a you know, Catholic who knows some history, you'll think, oh, the 1930 Lambeth Conference, Tim, that's when it all happened. That is kind of when it started. I call that the Pandora's box. But do you know what happened in the 1920 Lambeth Conference? The 1930 Lambeth Conference allowed for contraception in certain cases, and I'll get to that in just a second. But I want to read to you a little bit and talk for a minute about what happened in the 1920 Lambeth Conference short quote here. We utter an emphatic warning against the use of unnatural means for the avoidance of conception, together with the grave dangers, physical, moral, and religious, thereby incurred, and against the evils with which the extension of such youths threatens the race. 1920, they said, no, it is dangerous to use any form of contraception. They went on to say, in opposition to the teaching which in the name of science and religion encourages married people in the deliberate cultivation of the sexual union as an end in itself. What does that mean? If you're just looking for the pleasure out of it and you want to not have any possibility, not being open to life. Of course, you know, there's two great meanings of the sexual act, right? The marital act. Love and life. Bonding and babies. Unitive, procreative. What they're saying is we oppose any use of the act where you only seek that unitive or the pleasure. Isn't that interesting? And finally, the primary purpose for its marriage exists is the continuation of the race through the gift and heritage of children. The other is the importance of married life, deliberate and thoughtful self-control. So what do we have in 1920? Emphatic warnings against contraception. That if we just use this act only for the pleasure, only for the unitive, only for 
you know, being happy, being close to each other, we have a problem. We need to be open to the gift of children. And we need to have self-control. Well, a person named Margaret Sanger, along with Havelock Ellis and a few other people over in England, really worked on the Anglican Church in the 1920s. And just 10 years later, we had the 1930 Lambeth Conference. And they said this, If there's a clearly felt moral obligation to avoid parenthood and a morally sound reason for avoiding complete abstinence, let's just think about that for a second. A morally sound reason for avoiding complete abstinence. Here is where we're getting into relativism, individualism. We are now defining the morally sound reasons for avoiding abstinence? No, no. This is a problem. This is that contraceptive mentality that John Paul II was talking about. It's creeping in. They've buckled. I continue back with the the quote. Other methods may be used, provided it's done in light of Christian principles. Hmm, Other methods. This is key. Method matters. Method matters. Eli, if I want to buy a car, I can steal it or I can buy it. Method, a method matters, right? How I do something matters. The end does not justify the means. Really, this is a case that the end justifies the means. Well, if, 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 our, if our goal is, you know, we, we think we should avoid a pregnancy, then I'll define Christian principles, I'll define a morally sound reason, and off I go. They did say that it should only be careful and restrained use, never for motives of selfishness, luxury, or mere convenience. Well, we can see what that has. Careful and restrained use. You know, I like to say what becomes legal, becomes normal, becomes moral, quote-unquote, those three. This kind of opened the legality, quote-unquote, for contraception. And over the rest of the 20th century, it became normalized. And now, if you speak out against contraception, you'll look at Little Sisters of the Poor, you know, being forced by the government to provide contraceptive uh, services. No. That's what's happened. This is that contraceptive mentality in action. I want to fast forward a little bit and show you what happens just 30 years... Well, let, let me just give you a couple examples of people when, in this 1930, what, when, when it happened. Method does matter. There were secular and religious opposition to it. Teddy Roosevelt, for instance, said birth control is one sin for which the penalty is national death, race death. There is no atonement. Do you realize that we have a population problem in this world? Do you realize that? It's not overpopulation, though. It's underpopulation. Places like in Western Europe, and even the United States, we've dropped below replacement level. And certain countries are seeing this. They're going, you know what? They're actually paying people to have kids. But I just read an article on this. It was a very good article. Basically, it talked about, you know, but it's not working in a lot of places because it's the culture that has changed. You're not going to get someone to have kids with simply an economic incentive. Oh, you'll get a few. But our whole cultural outlook has changed. And that's the problem. The contraceptive mentality has its tentacles everywhere. 
It's not just legal. It's not, not just normalized. Okay? But it's, it's looked at as the moral choice. If you don't contracept or support a contraception, you're seen as amoral, anti-moral. It's against. How can you be that way? And less than 100 years ago, it was exactly the opposite. So Teddy Roosevelt talked about it. Uh, Concordia Lutheran Seminary, Walter Mayer, he said birth control is repugnant. It's a pagan bankruptcy. Episcopal Bishop Warren Chandler says it's man's sameness with the brutes. In other words, we're just following our urges instead of really thinking and being rational beings. United States Council of Churches endorsed careful and restrained use but said serious evils could be happening like extramarital affairs if we contracept. Washington Post, okay, this is the Washington Post. It's an editorial. It says the logical conclusion is the death knell of marriage. It will encourage indiscriminate morality. Careful and restrained use is preposterous. Gandhi says contraception puts a premium on vice, makes men and women reckless. If artificial methods become the order of the day, nothing but moral degradation can be the result. These people way back then saw the contraceptive mentality coming. They knew where it would lead. And many people today are just blind to that. They don't know. They don't get it. Because they don't see the big picture. The catechism says this. The difference between contraception and NFP and the final analysis involves the uh, two irreconcilable concepts of the human person. Meaning, either we define and control what it means, this, this, uh, the sexual act, or we discover and discern. It's really that simple. If we go back to 1961, National Council of Churches, look at this motives and methods. This is very, very key. It says most of the Protestant churches hold contraception are morally, is morally right when the motives are right. In general, the Protestant conviction is that motives rather than method is the primary moral issue. Motives rather than methods. I go back. Motive does matter. Method does matter. Because if you want to do something, you want to get something, there are different ways to do it. If I want to make a basket in basketball, I can grab the ball, run with it, pretend like I'm a a fullback and knock people over and put the ball in the hoop. All right? Method matters. How I do it. And, And of course, we laugh about it, right? Of course we do. Because it's ludicrous. But that's a great example of how method matters. And so what happens? What's been going on? i got about a minute or two left. Let's sum it all up. Thank you. What do we have? How is abortion connected to contraceptive? Number one, the contraceptive mentality. The idea that we control the meaning of the sexual act. The idea that people are only as good as what they can do. The idea that freedom is what I can do. Whatever I want it to be, not what it should be. Defining my own truth. Secondly, how is abortion related? We see in this court case, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, it's connected in law. It got into our court system, largely started in 1965 with Griswold versus Connecticut and the right to privacy, and the dominoes have continued to fall with contraception, with sodomy, with abortion, with marriage, and now with gender. Again, I'll go through each of those cases in detail on later shows. But the dominoes just continue to fall. They're linked in practice. Many of the contraceptive methods are abortifacients. And they're linked in reason. 
Many people give the same reasons for contraception that they do for abortion. So I go back where I started, John Paul II. The values inherent in the contraceptive mentality, inherent, they're part of it, make the temptation to abort much more likely. So if we sit back and look, it comes down to this. It comes down to saying, Lord, you're in control. This is my body given up for you and given up for my spouse. That is the key. So, there we have it. The connection between abortion and contraception. Many people don't see it. Read about it. Think about it. But above all, live it. And live it joyfully so that you can be a great witness because this world needs witnesses to this truth. All right. Coming up next, it gives a glimpse into the life of God. What is it? And what's its rightful place in the liturgy? Stay tuned to find out on our next discussion on Real Presence Live. Real Presence Live. 